What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of CMA Podcast. How is everybody doing? Eva, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing really well. It's been a while, right? It's been too long, man. Happy New Year to you. How are you, brother? Very good, very good, very good. First podcast together in 2022, man. This is an exciting one. It is, and Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you very much, man. I thought, I thought you missed that, and I was like, all right, well. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Um, yeah, man, 2022, here we go. First off the bat, had a doctor's appointment yesterday, man. I want to get myself checked out on the uh, top of the year every year. And in 2021, of January 2021, I was 101 kgs. I went wow. in. Yeah, man. I was in yesterday and I'm now 85.9 kgs with clothes on. Wow, that's that's awesome. How did you achieve that? I want to, as I said earlier, I wanted to go on this health tirade of, you know, really looking out for myself. But the fact of the matter is, man, I still eat the same shit. I still drink the same shit. I'm just training more, man. So it's all about the training, you say? It's all about the training. Hey, you want to lose weight? Wow. Come to the gym. Come training. Yeah, go go train, guys. Come on. Go, go, go train. Just go boxing. I've done the same. I started to, you know, with uh, rolling again um running i set up a small gym here i have my bench i have my weights i have my cross trainer i have my boxing bag so you know um once this madness is over i will head back to lucerne visit you guys and give you you know a nice uh workout as well so yeah it, it is the movement actually yeah because at the end of the day man and i'll admit this and guys who i've been training with will have can attest to this and they've seen it when i finish training dude we head back to the banhof in lucerne and I'll, I'll get a slice of pizza from Bachmann, those beautiful pepperoni and cheese pizzas um just a quick slice not a full pizza i still eat a lot of chocolate i have a beer most evenings um you know i still eat burgers and french fries and i still eat chips and stuff but the fact that i'm just training at least twice a week over the course of a consistent year has allowed me to do this. I was in the doctor's office yesterday and I, I guessed 92 kgs. And when 85.9 came up and I was wearing my jeans and my hoodie and my socks and stuff, I'm like, hang on a second here, this, is, this can't be right. So we did it again. And I'm like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm trying to inspire, motivate and encourage other people who are listening. Hey, get to the gym, get yourself fit. That's kind Dang, of what- Congratulations, that's awesome. Really yeah. good for you. Thanks, People man. You should, you know, start to move more. That's the problem with this situation currently. Everybody's just stuck at home and getting comfortable. But yeah. yeah. Now, I want to immediately end that discussion and go straight to a sincere, heartfelt and loved congratulations to you, man. You are a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yes, finally. 15 years in waiting and doing, right? So it's, it's just crazy i mean once you get it you just cannot you just stare at it and like what 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 and it's just crazy i mean i'm still it's amazing i just want to so... be able to train again normally with the people you know so that would be awesome but it's just amazing i mean i'm telling you 
Awesome so people, happy man. for you, man. Amazing. It's such an achievement. Like they say, like the, the, the first great goal in jiu-jitsu is to get from white belt to blue belt. But obviously the ultimate goal is, you know, get your black belt. And, you know, you kind of look back and like it's, it's probably been a very, very difficult 15 years of hard work and commitment to the craft. And, you know, there's people that drop off. I dropped off before my blue belt. I got bitten by the boxing bug, you know. But you, you've stuck with it. You learned all the techniques. You're a very charismatic coach. Uh, I've rolled with you. It's a pleasure to roll with you. Uh, I, I, I didn't get hurt. I learned a lot. I learned how to tap very quickly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Thank you're you. such a huge achievement, man. Sincere. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And a funny story to that is I started in 2007. I was living in Amsterdam. I was training uh, MMA, uh, boxing, of course, uh, kickboxing. I mean, it's the mecca of kickboxing in Amsterdam. And then I got invited by a friend of mine who I met in Munich uh, to to his place in Malmö, which is close to Copenhagen in Sweden, right? Well, Copenhagen is in Denmark. Malmö is in Sweden. It's close to Copenhagen. So I went to visit him to train MMA with him because he uh, organized, or he actually established the Swedish MMA organization. He told me, oh, come train with us. And then I saw the aspect of grappling. The Swedes were much way advanced um, about that aspect of grappling in MMA at that time than let's say Germans. They were just all about stand-up. The Dutch were all about stand-up. We had some Virginia Jiu-Jitsu black belts, but those guys had already like, uh, you know, pioneers the first 10 black belts in europe peter blackwell but a friend of mine robert sandell who has uh, his own gym in malmo he invited me over i was training with him wrestling so he was uh the king of the cage a champion and king of the mm-hmm. ring so he's a really nice guy uh, i went there and he invited me to a seminar with the vieira brothers rico and so ricardo vieira and leo leozinho vieira and i was doing my first seminar um of Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes i was doing there with them right so he told me you need to buy a gi uh, i will give you the white belt so i went to the seminar took the pictures and then went through my brazilian jiu-jitsu life got some different belts from different people and then the circle just closed and i got the black belt from a really good friend of mine francisco Guzmão, who is now living in brazil uh he used to live in switzerland he's in switzerland Chico, his family is living in Switzerland, but he moved back to Brazil. So he's training there, doing a really awesome job. He went to visit them. I saw him. I gave him a shout out. We started training and he just surprised me with it. and said, man, listen, you've been waiting. And he was living with me for six months. So I was training with this guy on a daily basis every day when I was there, when I was not business travels. And basically he, he promoted me and he is a black belt under the Vieira brothers. So he got their approval first and that's basically checkmats family tree circle closed brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt amazing yeah fantastic man such an amazing achievement i bet you you were probably celebrating hard that night yeah he we were here and then we just celebrated we didn't drink right because no alcohol involved and uh yeah vegan stuff like vegetarian stuff for him meat for us but it was really nice man he's like my brother really he's my little brother he calls me big brother i call him little brother <laughs> it's amazing he's gonna be back in summer though um march june yeah so it's just amazing have the, such a nice guy and he really improved his guard game because i used to pressure him from the top and so you know he showed me a lot of good stuff he showed me his guards and said, listen, you're a strong guy. You're good on top, but learn from the bottom. So we started to work on that and then just boom. Amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah. So happy for you, man. So far. It's such an achievement. I mean, obviously, there's no rankings in like MMA and boxing and Muay Thai and all that kind of stuff. The amateur and pro, yes. But like for the graded, like the graded achievements in um, Aikido, Taekwondo, boxing, things like, or boxing, Jiu-Jitsu and things like that. It's, um, you know, you really start to see your progress, I guess, going from like white up to purple and then you're like brown and then it's like black belt. It's the ultimate achievement, man. You can't, you like, I'm, I'm lost for words. So happy. It, it was the most earned black belt that I'm in possession of because I do have other black belts in other martial arts, but this one is just, you know, off the top. That's it. There you go, man. Fucking amazing. Um, not, not a lot to talk about in the fight world going on right now. I guess there, there's a lot, but it's not super exciting. And I don't want to turn my nose down at any one or anything, but there's just not a lot of action happening. One or two pieces here and there. Uh, yeah. Chad, Chad Mendez, he's with uh, BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fight Club. When did that happen? Like these guys are just going to go over there. They're going to get hurt. Did you see like Paige Van Zandt's hands after the Rachel Ostevich fight? Like they yeah. ballooned up. It, it can't be right. It can't be safe. Oh, I don't know what's happening with that organization, man. I was talking to a guy a long time ago who I was training the stick and knife fighting from, right? And he is from England and they would have fights, right? And he would talk about the Irish boxers and so on and so on. So bare knuckle fighting, the problem with that is that after good several punches, your knuckles will, you know, just swallow up. And then you're just going to, smash somebody with not even knuckles anymore right so the problem is when they swole up you just hurting your hands mm -hmm. and that's when you go back to um rewatch boss rutan's fights right when he was not striking with the knuckles but with the palms mm -hmm. and this is a much better knockout so i'm not sure if they have in the rules that you're not allowed to uh, punch with the palm instead of the knuckle but it's just messy sport i mean you can go on youtube and watch sorry, Irish gypsy fights. And, um, you know, you, it, I think those guys are more exciting because they are fighting for a dispute, right? So whoever is stronger wins. Yeah. At least you get the story behind it. But this bare knuckle fighting, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an attraction. But when you look at the hands and you know how it works, you cannot fight bare knuckle for several rounds. You know, you, in the end, you will have somebody smashing meat against meat, right? So it's just going to be a bloody mess and cuts for nothing. And I'm not sure if, they're getting millions in pay uh, to have the face cut up all over uh, the place. But yeah, it's nice. It's a good spectate, spectatorship uh, is there. People are watching it. Uh, you, 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 can, you can kill a couple of minutes of your day with it. But would I make a league out of it? No. It's just mm -hmm. actually an exit door for retiring fighters to earn some more money. Yeah, I don't know who's funding them or how heavily funded they are in the, in the long run. Um, like Paige Van Zandt is there. She's, she's getting some good cash. She's saying that she's making more in the U, like there than in the UFC. Um, but, you know, you got people like, uh, is it Diego Sanchez looking to go over there now? And, you know, it's like, again, at, towards the end of your career, do you want to end up like Mark Coleman? unable to walk properly, unable to uh, sign a check with your broken fingers, arthritis. I mean, not a doctor, but it's, this can't, no, this can't be good. Healthy. 
you, you, it's not good, but uh, you know they can pay that money, and I'm guessing they're getting it from some kind of casinos, betting websites, um, mm -hmm. you know these kind of uh, because those people will make money uh, off the fights, right? They will generate much more revenue off those fights than they are actually paying for. But you know the roster is much smaller than the UFCs. That's why they can afford to pay less fighters more money. You always have to uh, think about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a. Uh, I think. It's just uh, the blink in time. Let's see how long it will last. Uh, last. It's like uh, affliction, you know. Yeah, true. Um, I, I read this, well, I kind of briefly touched over this morning, the uh, saga between Algermain Sterling and Peter Yan. Now, it, it's such a blown out of proportion conversation, but let's look at it the way it is. Um, the title changed hands based on an illegal knee, uh, a lot of acting on the ground by Algermain Sterling. And now they're going back and forth on Twitter and it's just becoming this um, reality show fake crap. No, that it's just diluting what we turn it to, uh, tune in to see these fights with. And it's just like, we're talking about it, but do we want to be talking about it, you know? No, they're trying too hard to sell the fight because everybody knows that mm -hmm. Peter Jan is, you know, kind of better. Um, He's already back in Tiger uh, Muay Thai training, wrestling. You know, he's been grinding immediately after he won the title, the interim title. So yeah. it's just way too hard. And when you when you re read Sterling's comments, you're just like, you cannot even take it serious, right? It's just shut up, yeah. um, go fight. Let's figure it out, and that's it. I watched fights of both back and forth. He's not a bad fighter, I have to say that, but that acting just took so much away from him. I don't think he's a bad fighter. He's not. A, he wouldn't be fighting Peter Jan in the first place if, we, if he would have been such a bad fighter. No, he yeah. is not. But he used the opportunity to do that. And I think when you have such a set of rules and if you know it's like jujitsu, you know, you can go on a European world championship, become a world champion without one submission. You can just take down, take the back, trans, you know, you can accumulate the points and you can stall. There is uh, penalties for stalling, right? But you can, you know, you can work around that. So if you have these kind of rules, if you, we see that in MMA, it's going to become boring very fast. Yeah, very, very true. And I guess to segue from that, then you've got um, Ariel Hawani's podcast during the week. Mark Goddard was on and he was talking about the backlash that referees and judges are getting because of like uh, bad calls. Um, He's put out a seminar on his website where he talks about the rules, what should be done in real time, different scenarios, different circumstances. Uh, we're seeing a lot of mistakes with no repercussions, with no accountability. Uh, and now this seminar is available to clear up all of the, uh, the loose ends, I guess. But the seminar is coming from someone who's making these mistakes in real time. So... I think we need, obviously, we've always needed a change with the rules and the judges and the referees because there's so many inconsistencies, especially in the US when it's like state by state. Uh, but the Unified Rules seminar available on Mark Goddard's website, they're saying that it's going to be a pivotal movement in MMA, but I, I don't know if it is. What, what do you think about that? No, I think the rules are still not set in stone, right? It's going to change. They're constantly changing. And I don't know. It's I, I like the rules. Uh, when you are talking about amateur MMA fights, right, versus the UFC, big, huge business actually being an organization or Bellator fights or even one FC, then you need to, but 
one FC is not using the unified rules, and that's where it starts. So you have those yeah. UFC guys transferring over to one FC, getting beat up um, because they are not familiar with soccer kicks on the floor, and you know all these things. So I'm saying there's no one set of rules, and it's not the standard because what do you prefer? Get cut by an elbow on a, while you're on the ground, or you want to get sucker punched or soccer kicked in the face while you're on the ground? Yeah. You know, there, that's that's actually uh, per se, it's a wrong statement, and that's it. Yeah, and then we transition back to Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. yeah, it was a knee to the head of a grounded opponent, but would he have acted like that if he was up? Would he have tried to get out of it if his knees were off the ground? Would he have been like in such a dazed state? I mean, he was just lying there with his eyes crossed going... What the hell is going on? But you don't tend to see that with fighters who are genuinely hurt. Um, so should should the title have changed hands in those circumstances? And everyone's like, yes. I think I think if it's an uh, let's say an offensive knee on the ground, not to get kicked in the face or not to get kneed in the face, it's not correct. If somebody is knocked down and now he's on a on his knees trying to get up, and the guy comes up the knees in the face, that's a different story, right? So the question is. What are you trying to achieve with those rules? Is it, you know, if you see the rule is not applicable and it creates such a controversy, like in this case, you need to change the rule. You need to adjust it. You need to talk about it. You need to have the top referees sitting there on the table, athletic commissions, and they need to, you know, clean it out and create a new rule. That's it. They need to evolve. You cannot, it's like, you know, reaping the knee and all these rules that are crazy. You cannot spike. There is a rule that makes sense. You cannot spike somebody on his, uh, on his neck because you're going to break his neck, right? So, you need to involve and if there is a rule that is just stupid you know when you down an opponent and he's trying to get up because he wants to get up because if he, he thinks he can fight and the referee doesn't have the time to step in to stop the fight and you just go and blast him with a knee to the head you can actually kill him you know yeah. that's where i see um the benefits of the rules but just to say oh you need to let the other fighter stand up when he's on his knees da, da, da. you know we can discuss about the details but i don't want to go to details but i'm just saying you need to revisit the rules and i'll stick to them and say yeah there was a one time no 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 you need to you need to remove that once and for all i saw another fight where a guy was uh, poked in the eye and the referee just told him no he he didn't even give him five minutes time he just said you need to go fight now wow there you go and i was like what you know so that's the point yeah. what it's not about uh, the rules itself. It's about who is enforcing the rules. So I think they need to focus more on the referees on, um, again, decreasing the amount of matches that they're having. I think they're overworked. They don't want to give up uh, their position because they're kind of famous themselves, you know, and I think that's the problem. Let's talk about that. Yeah, for real. We talk about the rules. You know? oh, now I'm going to teach you the rules. You know what? There's people... Who know rules better and could enforce them better but they're not just famous because those people are in the positions and they will not let anybody come near to that so yeah I, then, i've seen it and i don't want to talk about it because i have some internal disputes as well about opinions it's crazy wow there you go yeah let's change topic but a quick honorable mention on those rules where uh diego sanchez got i think need in the face when he was down against is it michelle Pereira? And yep. he was so out of it, apparently, but he was asking the referee, if I can't continue, do I win the fight? Yeah, exactly. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let, before I see the steam coming out your ears, let's, uh, let's change that topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fight announcement today, Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. 
uh, I, I like that fight, dude. Um, I'll, I'll spare the details as a married man, but I, I think Mackenzie Dern is one of the most beautiful women in uh, MMA. And on top of that, you don't think so? All right, well. <laughs> and uh, before she started powerlifting, Tisha Torres was stunningly gorgeous as well. She started powerlifting with, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sage, Sage Northcutt. And like yep. all, all her veins just started popping out. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Am I being misogynistic by saying that? I don't know. But, no. uh, but that would be a good fight. Striker versus grappler. Yeah, well, the thing is, if a grappler becomes a striker, which Dern is kind of really trying to, like, I don't know what it is with these jujitsu guys that just come away from the bread and butter and start to strike. You don't have to impress anybody. You can impress everybody by just submitting them, right? You are black belts. If we have both, we have her losing the last fight and we have um, uh, Gracie, the, what is his name? Oh, uh, Ron, Ron, not Ron. Yeah, you, there you go. Well, Is the Gracie guy. Crone, yeah. Crone, Gracie. Crone, Crone, Crone. Crone, Gracie. They all try to strike and, you know, his father is like upset. Yeah, I get it. You want to be exciting, but you don't have to. You can be exciting with grappling. We saw, you know, there is, there needs to be a level of gra of, of striking when you look at the other jiu-jitsu guy who was butt-scooting his whole fight and uh, kind of won. Um forgot his name as well yeah. but they're all trying to go they're all trying to go to to striking and just lose right and too much of one and too much of the other is is not a good balance let's say but if you put it um if you use your striking to get to close the distance and you start to do what you grow up with she grew up with it she grew up with it you know what it means it means her father was a black belt when she was born she grew yeah. up with it chrome gracie the same he, he got it fed. Why? Stop it. Go back to grappling. I love great submissions. Yeah, when you see them doing their craft in an MMA fight, it, it can be the most beautiful thing to watch if you know what's going on. Like throwing a jab to an overhand right fake and using that overhand right leverage to get the single leg, the takedown, the advancing position, and the submission. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. BJ Penn was classic, a, a classic example of that against uh, Kenny Florian. Kenny Florian spent four rounds trying to get BJ Penn down. And, yeah. you know, BJ Penn was a black belt within like two years or something like that. And he just goes yeah. in, takes him down, gets the, I think it was at round five, gets the back, Hicks and Gracie kicks to the liver and just gets the choke. And it's just like, that's such a beautiful thing to watch. Yes, we like the big right hands that land. We like the big knockouts. But to see a Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, expert at her craft like Mackenzie Dern is I've seen her gi fights are off she the charts she can submit all of them she, she ties, can submit all of them yeah she ties people up like a shoelace um, but against uh, Tisha Torres Tisha's kickboxing is very dangerous so she's got Mackenzie's um, got to get in on those legs probably going to have to try and avoid the knee as she comes in uh, I'm going to I'm going to be glued to that fight that's a very exciting fight for me in more so ways what is than going one. to happen? A kickbox is going to hold you on the outside, not even in the mid-range, on the outside. It's going to be the leg kicks, right? Yeah. So what Dern needs to do is threaten her and find a way to push her in a corner, right? Mm -hmm. So the other one's going to cut the corners. But then you need to cut the corner. You need to watch which of her leg kicks is more dangerous. Put her on the direction of that leg kick, stop it, and just close the distance. So what does it mean? It means wrestling. It means combination, Wanda Silva style. You need to rush in and you need to lock it up 
or you need to go, um, you know, not single leg takedowns, but actually go for those inverted um, guards, right? And try to get one of those legs and just pull it down. What is his name? I forgot his. Are you thinking of Ryan Hall? Yeah, thank you. Ryan, Ryan Hall. Hall. <laughs> Ryan Hall's shit. You need to Ryan Hall, right. Butt Scooter. And the other guy that fought um, Anderson Silva in Abu Dhabi. That was the jiu-jitsu guy, Damian Maya. Damian Maya is one of the perfect examples why grapplers or BJJ practitioners, experts are losing because they start to strike. Jacare yeah. Souza. You have Bucecha, you know, you have all these people they need, they think they need to strike. No, use the striking to your abilities. Close the distance, start to wrestle. If you want to learn something new, start to wrestle, right? Wrestle more because you know what to do once you lock them up, but how to get in there, you need to use. I mean, Krokop is the perfect example of how the striker can use wrestling not to get on the ground. And then you start to do the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, and, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's and then to it's, turn it's a, it's a, it's a separate podcast exactly, and then to turn that example on its side, um, uh, Gabriel Gonzaga, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, goes and head kicks Crop Crocop, Crocop's leverage as he was knocked out fell on his ankle, and then his ankle snapped. Do you remember that? Yeah, oh. that's the that's the magic of if you are expert on the ground, you don't worry about the other guy taking you down, so you can now go completely berserk, right? Yeah, Johnny Hendricks, you know, fighting George St. Pierre. Zero yeah. concern about grappling. Yeah, very true. And then finally, I think we're going to talk about more more of this next week. Is um, the heavyweight uh, title is on the line next week, Ooh. and there's a lot of controversy and politics surrounding this fight, up to and not excluding fighter pay, contract renewals, disputes with the UFC, diva behavior. Uh, former teammate as your opponent it's such a heavy topic we'll touch on it today we'll talk about it more next week yeah um Cyril Gan versus well he's the interim heavyweight title holder after three months <laughs> after three months <clears throat> versus the current UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngano um I don't know, dude. There, I don't know what to think about this fight. Is it going to be thrown? Will it happen? Will there be shenanigans? What do you think? Wow, that's a good question. Both guys are capable of winning. I'm going to rewatch their last fights and I'm going to come up with a prediction. Um, I need to see, you know, how the last fights, that's basically how it worked out for me for my prediction in the last fights. Really, it's, 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 it's breakable. You can break it down. Mm -hmm. um, if I would have to guess now, I'm going to go with Ngannou, and then he's going to be in an amazing position for his contract renegotiations, although him and Dana White met, and to make it short, um, you know, we have Tyson Fury who wants to fight him with yeah. MMA gloves, boxing, and the other one said, no, we do boxing gloves, MMA rules, uh, you know, so of course, everybody wants to win in their own perspective, um, uh, respective uh, discipline, but it's interesting. Yeah. Who is more exciting for the UFC as a champion? Ngannou. Ngannou, for sure, because of his just physique and the, the, the polarizing figure, the controversy, obviously talking about fighter pay, talking about contract renewals. If, if This is his last fight on his UFC contract. If he wins the title, he has to uh, 
remain, I think, with the UFC until January of 2023. There's a 12-month clause where he has to be offered two fights at least with a contract renewal. Um, do you throw the fight, lose the fight, and go fight Tyson Fury with a guaranteed $10 million? Yeah, I think you sit it out for 12 months. Yeah, so... And you go on jackass and punch people in the balls. There you go, man. Can't wait to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, do you have any final words to, to, to just push upon us for today, bro? No, man. I just cannot wait for this fucking crazy time to get over it. Uh, I mean, really, it's just, it's just so demanding. And I just want it to be over and we go back to normal. Exactly, know, like man. Vaccinated to people who need to be vaccinated and so on. So I'm really looking forward. The sun is shining. It's beautiful. Um, it's it's raising my spirits. Um, I'm thankful for what we have here. And let's just, you know, continue. And we will have some more good news probably by the end of the year, hopefully mid year. Let's see. Absolutely, man. We stay hopeful. We stay positive. We stay motivated. And as I said at the beginning, hey, guys, if you want to stay healthy, if you want to avoid all of the nonsense media and just worry about yourself, go get healthy. Go lose some weight. Go co come train with us at CMA if you're in the Lucerne area. It's free right now. It's outside. We're, we're good to go. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just training as much as I possibly can. I'm still eating the shit that I'm eating and I'm losing weight. So uh, if you want to be the same and stay healthy, you're more than welcome to train with us. Perfect. Awesome. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. If you like what we're saying, hit the share button. Rate and review us on iTunes, iPod, i, I Media, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. There you go. Nice. Until we meet again, my friend, I will talk to you during the week. Talk to you during the week and have a good one. Likewise. Rock and roll, brother.